Comrades, welcome to episode 32 of the Comfort Show. Today we have Hungarian Horntail on the show once again. And this time we're going on a deep dive on Oracle specifically. So this is both a partnership special and it is a special guest. Once again, Hungarian prepared an entire PowerPoint for us. It's well over 20 slides. He went really deep. He dug up a lot of interesting angles and information with um, the, the Oracle blockchain infrastructure, computing infrastructure, and a ton of acronyms and abbreviations. Your mind will be blown. Also new on this Quanfi show, since Hungarian provided this lovely PowerPoint, uh, we allocated a folder within the Quanfi show Google Drive. The link for this will be in the description, and there will be the PowerPoint, and it will contain all the links and all the other things that you might want or need to, um, to, to, to look up what has been discussed. Tim, what are you looking at? It looks like you have something in your eye or something just bit you or I did something wrong. Tell me. Oh, it's more like um, like our mic policy. So if we don't talk, just mute it, please. Um, I just hear a bit of noise with Hungarian. And that's why my eyes, the YouTube viewer can see my fury in my eye. Okay. Um, well, uh, I'm glad I did not um, disclose any weird, strange, terrible, obnoxious things. So uh, you can find the document in the Google Drive of the Conf Show and you can then Use that as a resource because there's going to be coming a lot of information your way. It's very interesting, but it, so, some things are pretty intricate and um, they require some more attention than the, that we can provide on this show. I'm sure you guys will understand. Um, Tim, Hungarian. Yeah. Glad to have you guys here. Who wants to take the stage first? Shall I go? I'm good. By all means. Huh? By I'm all good. means, just a bit uh, tired. We're at the end of my uh, my day. It started early this uh, this morning. I would prefer, actually, I was thinking about it this morning. We should do these recordings like when we start the day, so that I'm kind of clear. But now I'm uh, I'm still feeling relatively fresh. Actually, usually I'm more toast. And even though we we talked for two hours before going into the episode. <laughs> And uh, just like we did the last time, because we always have these deep conversations. Um, and I'm re just really looking forward uh, to this episode once again. I didn't know Hungarian was coming on the show until somewhere yesterday. Apparently, uh, Surprise! Jarno, yeah, apparently Jarno arranged everything. I was happily surprised. And yeah. um, I think uh, we're in for a good episode. So yeah, looking man. forward to it. And, uh, yeah. The stuff that Hungarian dug up. I noticed yesterday afternoon it was so fucking amazing. And I was like, okay, we got to get that on the show. It's like, we, we should not just be, be reading his stuff and, 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 and posting links. We should get him here to elaborate, elaborate on it himself. I'm very sorry. It's been a long day for me as well. Um, a lot of different languages, a little bit of French, a little bit of English, a little bit of Dutch, getting a little bit confusing. Let's uh, bring it to our uh, Native American, good old Hungarian. How's life, brother? Hey, man, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here and excited to bring what is, what I believe, one of the biggest updates from community research that we've had all year. Um, of course, we've had a lot of exciting speculation around some of the potential on-chain data and, and utility for Overledger. We've had some other really exciting revelations in community research, but it also kind of feels like it's been kind of quiet for a while. 
and that we've had these major announcements that happened about a year ago and, and integrations that have been happening over the last couple of years. We have references and things that Gilbert's talked about, but in a way, where we stand as the speculators, where we stand as the outside, the public, the community, it kind of feels like there's not a whole lot going on. So the purpose of today, and, and this is why I'm so excited to, to bring this to you guys, the purpose of today is to dive deeper into what's going behind the scenes with Quant's partnership with one of the largest technology companies in the world. And this isn't a superlative, we're not just throwing out hyperbole, like this is quite literally Quant's direct integration into the world's second largest software company. Now, this particular partnership, what's been confirmed publicly and explicitly is fairly minimal. However, when we start to look at a combination of the things that Gilbert has talked about, when we look at objective information posted on Oracle's website, and then we contrast that with some of the technical details with the quant white paper and overledger functionality, it starts to paint a really exciting picture. And as Yarno said, yes, today is going to get complicated. We are going deep down the rabbit hole. Uh, that is why there are accompanying slides for this. And, and my intention is to make sure that you guys understand while we are gonna be speculating the end goal and the end of this presentation is going to produce some confirmation that's going to help give context to all of this speculative research process. And it's going to show you how we were able to take some of this information and continue diving through it to the point where we actually found written confirmation from Oracle that Quant's products are integrated into more than what we just know about now. And the yeah. implications of which are, are hard to even comprehend. Yeah. If you ask me, I think the best parallel that I can think of from, from, from what I understood thus far um, is this is pretty similar to the integration that SIA had, um, ha has done in the past, like the, the true core infrastructure integration into all their, uh, their products. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Hungarian, but even after the, the, the next merger, all the SIA infrastructure is still and also now the Nexi infrastructure is still running through Overledger. And in my opinion, the same has happened with, with, with Oracle right now and their suite of products and everything they offer. Um, I feel is, is, is almost fully default also quant. And again, maybe I'm wrong and Hungarian can then, uh, how do you say it, re re refute or whatever, or counter or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, this is this is pretty interesting. And um, Gilbert saying 2022 will be bigger than 2021. I have not seen a single announcement yet. Cyboss uh, coming up. Quant, for some reason, not with their own booth, not with their own thing. Uh, I'm just speculating here on this. But are they just walking around or are they maybe presenting at Oracle? I don't know. They did in 2019. Why not this year? So I actually, if you guys have been following Council, a couple hours ago, I posted something in Council about Oracle Cloud World that's, uh, is, it's pretty exciting. It's actually in this presentation. We will cover it at the end. But there's some good reasons to speculate on fireworks coming soon. Let's fucking go. Are you ready? All right, let's pick it up. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump to the, the first slide here. Say again?
let's just go ahead and uh, get started. We got a lot to get through. Let's uh, kick it off with the first slide. Yes, sir. So the the premise of this entire conversation today uh, is is built around a series of partnership updates that were between Quant and Oracle. And so if you don't know the history, Quant and Oracle's partnership actually goes back to 2018. Quant started off in the Oracle um, FinTech startup program and actually graduated through several levels of partner programming before becoming certified and directly integrated into Oracle's products. And there's some very important distinctions we have to make here. In the crypto world, the concept of partnership gets thrown around a lot. Um, any degree of connection or, or research or overlay often gets extrapolated to this universal concept of, of working together. But when we talk about something like utility-driven value, that is something that can only happen when we have volume, when we have mass adoption, when we have usage of the product that happens at scale. So as we go throughout today, what we're going to be exploring is what does this partnership actually mean and how far might it be integrated into Oracle's products and services? Once we do that, we can then start to explore all of the public customer spotlights and information and documentation Oracle uses to both highlight what their customers are doing and promote their products. Because remember, the concept here, Quant is an infrastructure provider. They work with Oracle to build infrastructure. Oracle builds applications and tooling, SaaS applications, and then they sell and promote that out to their 450,000 plus clients. And it's really hard to comprehend the magnitude of what this really means. But I think one of the, the easiest analogies to think of would be, imagine just because Oracle is not as like widely understood from retail as like something like Microsoft, Imagine if Microsoft said, hey, we're going we're gonna to use Overledger in the next version of Windows. Now, it's a crude analogy, but I use this because the, the scope of Oracle and their core service products and infrastructure is very, very similar. I mean, as you, you go through today, you're going to see references and examples to some very public household names. Mm. And we, we truly, we could spend hours and hours and hours just talking about this. I mean, we could make an entire series on this. But in essence, no. the biggest thing that I want you guys to take away from this slide, your wife, you're following along at home, uh, is a couple things. The YouTube video that is linked, if you want to go through on your own, is the Hyperledger Oracle presentation in which Oracle demoed Overledger. They talked about how they use interoperability to... Um, it, to, to expedite services in a couple different examples, one of which is a, a loyalty airline example. Hint, hint, if you remember the conversation we had last time about how there's billions of dollars trapped in, in um, airline loyalty programs, and that's like the bulk of where the value for those types of organizations come from. Uh, it, it is a, a, very big ex, a very big example, and it's honestly probably a literal example too, just without the names. But Sounds like you a thing to, Gilbert would do. Right. I mean, he's previously given examples that ended up being the exact use case or, or product. He just omitted the, the particular names. Hmm. So if you guys want, go ahead and watch that video. It's over an hour long. Absolutely fantastic content. That was, I believe, November of last year. And 
one of the the other thing that I would say to to take away from this as a theme in some of the communication is what Overledger does is it simplifies some very complicated things. It simplifies the process that is normally very expensive and very time consuming and very uncertain. And it packages up into such a way to where an organization and a business can start using blockchain and these tools and, and gain these benefits directly apply it and integrate it into their existing infrastructure, all without even knowing how to work with blockchain. These are literally pre-built applications, pre-built products, pre-built services. It is designed to be as user-centric and as frictionless as possible. And again, I'm highlighting this because you're going to see a lot of themes here. Moving on to the third slide. Why is Oracle such a big deal? Um, I, again, I think Microsoft is probably one of the companies or, or Apple that gets a lot of um, like public recognition just due to their like B2C marketing and their retail focusing products. Um, Oracle is, is more of a, like a B2B company. They don't really do a whole lot of stuff that's direct to consumer. So context here is really important. The, on the left-hand side, what we actually have is a quote from Gilbert, where he again highlights the significance and the magnitude of this partnership. So back when this first came out, there was a lot of, um, I would say a lot of discussion around the implications of this partnership. What does it actually mean? And for a while, actually before Gilbert said this, one of the most common things that I saw is that people thought that, that it wasn't a direct integration, that Overledger was not directly integrated into this product. Uh, and this is when Gilbert actually came out and said, no, like, it really is. It's, it's We just said it. That's exactly how it works. And he talks about how this is such a big deal because now their blockchain solutions for their 430,000 plus customers um, are, are now robust and secure. And they sure. will go on later. But basically, uh, the, the, the second part, he talks about how this process to get here took over a year and how much demand they've been seeing. And then also at the very end refers to potentially the size of some of these partnerships and clients. And, and we, as a community, some of us got really excited about this last line, but I think a lot of people dismissed it. So what I provided mm -hmm. uh, on this right-hand side is something, oh, it looks like my highlights didn't quite transfer. Or maybe this, you got a different version of the file. Yeah. Yes, the problem um, is you made it in PowerPoint and I cannot afford PowerPoint. So we used Google Cloud Drive and they warned that some features are not supported. Uh, so okay. That, that, that's why some things might be a little bit fucked up. Welcome okay. to the Comfy so, Show. Unfortunately, there, there's not going to be the, the color-coded highlights on some of this stuff. But what's really interesting here on the section on the right is it, it talks about first, and this is from Oracle, the, the size of their customers. Oracle's customers tend to fall between 500 million and more than $10 billion in revenues. And with between 500 and more than 20,000 employees as the norm. So we talk about 430,000 plus customers. 430,000 plus customers that average between 500 million and 10 billion in revenue with between 500 to more than 20,000 employees. So it's not even just 430,000 people. These are 430,000 organizations. So when we talk about the scope of 
this integration with Oracle, when we talk about the potential integrations and then the deductions we can have for products, what we're going to go through today is essentially the, the missing piece or one of the missing pieces you need to be able to confirm these links. Because for us to go out there and look at this whole line of products and services that are coming from Oracle and partners and see things like interoperability and multi-DLT and, and all these kind of quant buzzwords, we can't just assume that. But when we go through and we start to make these connections and deductively conclude exactly how the infrastructure works out and where these integrations are connected, we can then by association bring it all together. That's 34 Q&T per Oracle customer if the entire supply is being distributed amongst the 430,000 customers. 33.981 Q&T per customer. And it's crazy too, because that's, that's, I don't know exactly how they define this stuff, but I would assume that when you start to get multiple degrees removed, like let's take Deloitte as an example. Deloitte is a major partner of Oracle. Deloitte mm. serves like double digit percentages of the Fortune 500 public companies. <laughs> the amount of P, like products and value uh, and influence that's in Deloitte's ecosystem alone is just absolutely astounding. So in that measurement, I don't know the answer to this, but in that 430,000 customers and clients from Oracle, I wonder if that includes like multiple degrees of extension for like a partner like Deloitte or, or other conglomerations, or if it's um, counting that as a singular one. Either yeah. way, it, it doesn't matter, but it's, it is did, interesting. Did people, by the way, already try and go to quant.network slash KPMG? That was a nice find by Hungarian as well. Name check, sir. Name check. <laughs> uh, so before we move on, there's one more thing that I want to cover on this page. Um, and, and it's, again, kind of a theme that's going to be universal. So when they talk about what Oracle does and who their products and services are, after explaining the magnitude and size, they break it down into three categories. ERP slash EPM, HCM and SCM. Now we're going to go through those acronyms here in just a moment. We're going to look into the infrastructure and the product architecture for Oracle's entire cloud product suite, their SaaS suite, everything. But this is a very important distinction to make here because at a high level, these buckets are what feeds into everything else. And things like OCI and OBP are infrastructure that these are all built on. So they're not parallel. Now, on that, moving on to, uh, to slide four, the Oracle product ecosystem. So Oracle is known for their cloud infrastructure. Uh, in fact, if you look up Oracle in the recent news, you'll see that they've been winning all types of awards all across different verticals of cloud technology. They are acquiring customers from competition. They are integrating some of their biggest competition and they are seeing double digit revenue growth quarter after quarter right now, which for an existing business is absolutely tremendous. I mean, to, when you throw on the cost savings that you're seeing too in some of these examples, it's very clear how they're dominating in the enterprise world and how mm. Quant is seeing just this endless demand. Because it's for these businesses, it's a plug and play solution to increase your efficiency. Like did you, reduce did you include, your expenses. By the way, did, you include, by the way, did you include, by the way, the revenue numbers? Uh, that that they beat. You shared that somewhere that that, that that Oracle actually beat all their earnings 
in their report? Was um, there's a few. It's, I mean, they've been doing it for a while. In fact, earlier in the year, I, I identified one of the first major variances in their revenue reporting. I think it was Q1. Uh, and what I thought was really interesting is that we started to see growth in NetSuite, which is yeah. like because this major... Um, Hang on. I want to make sure I'm not messing something up here. I didn't yeah, because I remember you posted something that they beat um, earnings expectations by 200 million for the quarter and they and, and they beat on some other things as well. Yeah, so NetSuite was their biggest driver. I think it was Q1 uh, and in which they saw 40% growth. Yeah, I can remember something like that. Fucking crazy, man. Then, throughout the year. I mean, Oracle has won so many different awards this year and they've been featured in so many different professional um, like analytics and reporting. It's mm. it's actually pretty crazy. There, there's a good bit of any here we'll, we'll go through, but essentially yeah. Oracle is quickly becoming the dominant player in cloud. When we look at their products, what we see here, this is off of just their, their main homepage. Uh, what I want to highlight here is how the architecture works out or how they lay out their product design. What we have is OCI at the top, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. And Oracle Cloud Infrastructure basically comprises like their entire product line. Like Almost all of the things we're going to talk about today are cloud-based. All of the application um, hierarchy that we're going to be discussing with in, uh, enterprise resource planning, with supply chain manufacturing, um, customer experience, and human capital management. That is all under this umbrella of OCI. Now, keep that in mind because the depth of integration lies in identifying where Overledger is. Is it more than just Overledger blockchain platform? Well, let's take a look. On slide five, what we have is what you see for Oracle's cloud marketplace on Overledger. This is just a direct lift off their marketplace. And there's some things that are really interesting here. So first and foremost at the top, we have, uh, of course, Oracle certifying Overledger as the interoperability solution for Oracle blockchain platform. Now notice we're not, it's not a way for interoperability. It's not providing interoperability. It's the solution. That's important here. Um, of course, then it goes on to explain, you know, ease of use. But in the, the following paragraph, it then says Oracle is the immediately available solution certified in Oracle cloud infrastructure. Now, this is interesting because we've not previously discussed or seen references to Overledger in OCI. And as we just saw in the prior slide, OCI comprises everything for Oracle. I mean, for, for what we're talking about now. Yeah, they, they, they do software and hardware and other stuff too. But for like the billions and billions of dollars worth of businesses that we're talking about right now, it's all cloud-based which by extension is OCI. So I am not claiming to be an expert in any of this and I'm not claiming to, to have all the answers. There's definitely gonna be some nuances in my interpretation and in my research that are incorrect or, or, or potentially not as accurate as they could be. Yeah. But I'm sharing this with you guys so you can understand how we've come to these conclusions and how we've gone through this research. And, and like I said, later on, you're gonna see how this all actually comes together. But may, so, I well, may, may I interrupt yeah. a bit? Because what I find really interesting is that after the, the whole COVID thing, there was this 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 bust on 
on a lot of the, the cloud platforms and a lot of uh, tech stocks were struggling, but apparently Oracle has no problems beating earnings, which is really interesting. They are actually growing really fucking rapidly. And if, if, if you read this, and I think you highlighted everything perfectly, but for context, I just want, want, want to read the entire thing because there are some things in there that, that even to the people that are maybe not into all the, the intricacies, I think they can understand the story. So what it reads here, this is directly from their website. The world's first true universal DLT interoperability platform oriented for enterprise, now certified by Oracle as the interoperability solution for Oracle blockchain platform, designed to seamlessly interconnect private and public systems, networks, and DLTs. Overledger is easy to implement and eliminates the complexity of multi-DLT challenges at an enterprise level. Thought for customers looking for production-ready infrastructure to support cross-ledger interoperability between Oracle blockchain platform and other ledger technologies. Overledger is the immediately available solution certified in Oracle cloud infrastructure. Leading the way distributed ledger connectivity, Overledger is the first DLT gateway that delivers interoperability across different systems, networks, and DLTs, utilizing REST APIs and a simple portable interface to connect users to the world's DLTs for faster, more efficient expansion. This entire bit is just so telling. It is so juicy. And the entire software as a service, business application, and, 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 and blockchain bit, all this together, it is, it is mind-boggling. And if you can understand what is written here, then the rest of the presentation by Hungarian should just slide right in. It's uh... <laughs> exactly. I haven't said anything for the past the 15 minutes or so, but um, you need to understand this framework. And now it, it is actually a really good moment for people to dive into this, this ecosystem created and, and, um, I think most people have overlooked it, but our guest didn't. And yeah, people, people take again. things it's for so granted. Great. Yeah, they take they take things for granted too easily because it's meh, meh Oracle, meh uh, cloud, but <laughs> it's not just meh Oracle. It's uh, it it is everywhere. And like we said, the four hundred thirty thousand customers. Yeah, um, they are there for a reason, and and they are not there for the coffee. They are there to make use of the blockchain. They are there to make use of all the other stuff that they offer in their suite. And, well, as you can see, it's uh, well, pretty much in there everywhere. Well, yeah. exactly. And, and it, it, it ties into the remarks of Gilbert's last year, end of last year, where he said that things were put on pause because of the influx of of, of companies coming from Oracle being interested in Overledger and just needing one service. They, they literally just stole stuff away in order yep. to serve everyone coming in from the Oracle ecosystem. It's the huge. Agile scrum methodologies. So it's just every two weeks they assess what are the priorities? What have we done last week? Okay, priority is now this. Okay, we put other things on the back burner. We focus on this and everybody pivots. 
And as soon as they're done with what they have been doing and mission is accomplished, they get back to what they were doing prior to the uh, to the pivot. Hungarian. I completely agree. If you guys following along, if you understand this slide right here, then you're really going to like the rest of this presentation. If you don't understand it, that's okay, because we're still going to put a lot of work in to making sure that we explain some of these concepts. And that's part of the reason why there's so much text in these slides and, and also why there's so many links. We're not going to click on all these links. These are there for reference and for supporting research. You guys to dive deeper. Yes. And again, you can find the link to the cloud in the description. And there you can um, open up this PowerPoint and you can follow all the links yourself. Thank you, Hungarian. Go on. So Tim, actually, he made a great point. Uh, it's kind of why I joked, or you read ahead. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> nah. Banter, banter. Oh, um, no, I mean, he, you're, you're dead on. Because I think a lot of times in like the public facing communities and stuff, we get so excited about um, the, the things that don't really matter that we start to get like a skewed perspective of, what we think we should have or what we think is the best thing for quant. I mean, Gilbert's talked about it before, like we're, we're going to run our business the way that we believe is right. We think we have a really good way of doing this and trust us and, and come along. So kind of in that vein right here is some context. And exactly like Tim just said, there, there was a delay that happened last year with a public release. It was very anticipated by a small group of passionate vocal public people the value that update can provide to the overledger ecosystem and quant network as an organization has to be compared with what they chose to prioritize so let's go with this first quote here um, this is actually from 2020 when gilbert was asked about the um, bank of england technology like the rtgs um, contract and someone asked them, real time uh, growth settlement system. We spoke about this in previous episodes. Yes. Sorry, um, he basically he asked, like, oh, did you guys apply to work with that? And Gilbert, he explains kind of why this is such a big deal. So he says, you don't get to work with government like that. There's a strict procurement and qualification rules. Global companies provide these services like SIA, mm -hmm. IBM, Oracle, FIS, and NETS, now part of Nexi, uh, bid on this project. It takes a long time, let alone the contract negotiations. My time in government was as the buyer, evaluating responses, vendors, and technologies. Those large companies partner with innovative companies to give them an edge or a technological advantage. It takes one to two years to be awarded a contract like that. So this is Gilbert explaining that to be awarded major contracts and partnerships with some of these global infrastructure players is an extensive process that consists of a multi-year screening and qualification and certification. So the next quote that we're going to read is like Tim said, it's about these delays that happen for public RCGs. Um, Gilbert alludes to some growth they've been seeing behind the scenes. Just to give you an example in this last week, this is November 2021. Since the announcement of Oracle certification, we have had an influx of demand from Oracle clients. We only expect this demand to continue. This means we can't do everything at the same time. And some things on our roadmap will shift. 
That is business and common in most companies. And he's absolutely correct here. So let's look at this. We have one of the world's largest tech companies as an infrastructure provider lining up for 400 plus thousand organizations and is ready to go and approve them after a multi-year process and is opening the floodgates. And then on the other hand, we have the collective amount of Web3 community interest for public MDAPs and public RCGs. And yeah, of course, updates would bring excitement and energy and developers to the network, but like, what does that really do? Like, let's think about the value a public, just let's say a public crypto app, a public MDAP is gonna to provide to the OVN versus an overledger connector powered through Oracle's entire suite of enterprise solutions that add microservices that every single person on the OVN can use. Like you, you can't even compare the two. So I, I think that this is a really important perspective to take away in context of the, the changes in the business plan. Hungarian, can you try and do what you did before you started reading these quotes? Because your audio is a little bit fucked right now. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it is It is still, we can still hear it. And it is um, understandable. And, and it, it is, it's just a little bit far away. And um, I don't know. Anyway. I'll take it away. Well, Jaren is, is editing his audio. Uh, I was thinking of this other point that I wanted to make, and I just said, well, what Hungarian said, well, great minds think alike. Um, because, well, the, the influx of, of, of customers, but I'm also seeing this quote regarding uh, the Swedish central bank, the Swedish Sedix Bank. Sorry for uh, Swedish listeners screwing that up, but the, 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 the collaboration there is true Oracle. Uh, we have had this quote, well, it was just on the slide. And when was this? Uh, 2019, 2018? Uh, regarding, or 2020, I don't know. It's regarding CBDCs. Where, uh, where, where do you see that? Uh, I think here. It's uh, where your mouse is. Here. We've had meetings with Oracle oh, yeah. regarding the Swedish Central Bank. That's more yeah. not part of the five we are already talking to. It's regarding to the a corona in sweden yeah yeah and the swedish uh all scandinavian countries are are, are pretty far along with uh, with moving to the cashless society we um we, we spoke about sweden a bunch of episodes back i'll try and put it in the cards if i remember um what was that in dutch i don't know i think it was in dutch but yeah but the, the swedes they are they're ahead of the curb and the Netherlands is also doing pretty well vast majority of people in both the Netherlands and in Sweden uh, primarily by by card and 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 most people that pay by card are actually also paying by phone by now which is pretty astounding um uh, Damien is awake that's not good um so yeah interesting times coming up for sure and yes of course, all these solutions, um, they require payment providers. And it can be either MasterCard or, or Visa or whatever, but they don't run their own data centers. <laughs> they don't run their, their their own infrastructure and stuff. Hungarian, are you back? Yeah, how's my audio right now? The, 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 the same, but it's... Uh... 
that sounded loud. Can you speak up again, please? Is this any better? It is. Tim, yeah. Tim, Tim accepts. That's good enough. You've got my yeah. stamp of approval. So, apologize in the audio, guys. Next time, I will. Uh, I'll have a different setup. Oh, Don't good worry. man. Oh, good man. You want to remain on this slide? Tim has just and I have just spoken about uh, the Oracle and the Sphinx and Xbank, and. Uh... Um, I think for to to be responsible with time, let's go ahead and move on to the next slide here. You guys can obviously go through and you can follow this on your own. There's a lot more where this came from too. I just put some relevant ones in. Um, on the left-hand side, you've got some quotes from Gilbert talking about the scope of Cybos, like why this is such a big deal and, and how prestigious of an event that is. But I think more relevant to what we were just talking about is the quote on the upper right-hand corner. Gilbert was asked a question in a previous AMA about how other crypto companies will often uh, throw out these big names as a partnership, like Oracle, as an example. And the question was around trying to identify the distinction between what they're doing with Oracle and what, you know, some random monkey coin, hot dog coin, partnership X Oracle means. And Gilbert basically just says very clearly, I don't know of any others that the Oracle team are going to market with. Oracle is taking our technology to their clients directly, supported by us. Yep, the Oracle shills. Uh, something else I thought was just kind of interesting on the bottom. Uh, if you guys don't know, Gilbert has an extensive cybersecurity history. And before starting to create his own technology and his own companies, he was um, basically one of the people who would help find security flaws in different types of systems, whether that was for government or for private companies, he was the person a company would hire to try to break their system to make sure it would work. And I thought it was kind of cool that he talked about how um, he he used to do um, like bug bounties and like hacking for uh, Apple. Ethical hacking. Apple. Yeah, ethical hacking, white hat stuff, Yeah, which is super cool. I mean, it's... Yeah. He, he's basically, what this means is he's so good at what he does that so as these Web2 technology giants were growing, they contracted him to make sure everything worked properly and to figure yeah. out the holes and vulnerabilities in their systems. Like, that's, that's pretty incredible stuff. Yep, for sure. For sure. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and kick on to the next side. Starbucks Odyssey. Uh, a couple days ago, there was a major announcement in the Web3 space in which Starbucks revealed, Starbucks revealed they are going to be launching a blockchain-powered loyalty program. This program is built on Polygon and utilizes some unique digital transformation aspects that align curiously with a couple quant updates and with a couple Oracle products that we're about to dive into. But in essence, okay. uh, the way the program works... Uh, Gary, sorry for interrupting again. Your audio is now fluctuating from super sexy to super wally to mega underwater scary mermaid voice. Um, it's it's. It, it, are, are you moving around or are you just sitting no. at a table with your microphone in front of your face? Like, I'm like, sitting like this. next to the window trying to get the best service I can, not moving my head, looking directly and pointing directly at the microphone. Oh, man. That's amazing. 
Okay. Well, thank you for your efforts, at least. Um, carry on. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if it comes down to it, I, no, I'd be good. open to recording this. Do not it's move anymore. I, I haven't moved. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in essence, this program through Starbucks is a continuation of Starbucks' larger digital transformation. If you didn't know, part of Starbucks' kind of theme is something they call the third place. And the idea with the third place is mm -hmm. that it's this universal meeting place, that their coffee shops become this place that people want to be, where you can exchange ideas, where you can be productive, and you can go and have this universal experience across the world at any of their brand locations. And as part of their larger digital transformation, what they want to do and what they are doing is they are expanding this concept of the third place to be this digital, physical, metaphysical realm where you have the like the influx of blockchain-based Web3 incentives and technologies with real in-person events and perks with different types of discounts and services. And it's all fully interoperable and able to seamlessly work throughout all these different parts of their business. Now, hmm. when this first came out, there was a couple conversations that we started around some speculation that this might be uh, quant. So let's dive into why we actually think that. On this slide, the only things that really stand out, and these are just some, some text from these articles, is they talk about how simple this program is for users, how users don't have to have um, even their own crypto wallet. They, they're not paying gas fees. They don't have to really interact with crypto at all which is completely indicative of these like public permission environments that we know Overledger creates. Exactly. Thinking lag chain, that's also where the, 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 the guys operating the nodes are covering the gas fees for the users so they do not need to, to, to get bothered by, by getting gas and all those things. And obviously, they are compensated in, in, in different ways because obviously nothing is free and nobody works for free, but the end user does not need to carry fucking gas on its phone in a crypto wallet that if you make a mistake, you throw it against a blind wall above yes. a volcano and all that, those type of things that we cherish so much. Now, the it also means is, they don't have to manage a wallet at all. They don't have to deal with private keys. Ex that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, it, Ledger is not the future. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll. I mean, I, I don't know how it's all going to play out. I think there's there's definitely benefits to it both, but like mass adoption, 100%. Yeah. Yes, of course. There will always be people like us l playing around with 24 words and, and stuff, but the vast majority will just throw their shit at a bank regardless because that's what they know and that's the least resistance. That's also important. So this, they're, they're stating indeed, no crypto wallet or cryptocurrency will be required making the audio experience fun, easy, simply with a credit card, etc. Yeah. Now, in, on, on this page too, what we also have is, is some links to Oracle's promotion of Starbucks. And without diving too deep into that, essentially, Starbucks is a large partner of Oracle. They have been for many, many years. In fact, they actually have been using CrowdTwist, their, um, which is their, like, um, it's their customer engagement, customer experience, their loyalty program tool from Oracle. They've been using that since 2015, which is really interesting. Um, 
there's not really, I mean, there's so much information available from Oracle with the product spotlights and the customer spotlights. It's not any question that Starbucks is an Oracle client and that they use Oracle services and that they have like 30 minutes of video content on this alone, just on their site. Uh, but something that I, I think is really interesting, if we move on to the next slide, remember when I told you guys there's going to be a lot of themes and patterns here? Well, Overledger has some unique benefits. The more recent tech releases also have some very unique benefits. So when we start to see products and partners emerge from this with the confirmed clients that directly align to the same benefits and value proposition that Overledger offers, it, it starts to paint an even more clear picture. So again, we go back to the cloud marketplace. This first image is that same shot from the cloud marketplace we saw earlier. And what I want to highlight here is the backend microservice architecture, uh, in addition to you know, automation, monitoring, and a few other references here. When we look at the, some of the statements made by the, C, the CTO, Chief Technology Officer for Starbucks, one of the first things that she shares is how their digital transformation is based off of microservices and blockchain to integrate physical and digital experiences. Uh, it's all cloud-based for security and resili uh, resiliency. Uh, it talks about real-time personalization and automation. That's a service and a perk that's available through ITT, something we're going to talk about later. Um, <laughs> I, I know it's obviously still speculative, and, and it does require a couple degrees of deduction, but I hope you all are starting to see this picture that's coming together right here. Now, something else really interesting, too, before we dive into the supporting technology from Quant and how this all comes together, is that when you look through the customer spotlight product marketing material from Oracle, you see references to Starbucks digital transformation in far more than just one particular product. So what that means is that the suite of products and services that we're talking about today from Oracle spans far more than just one vertical or one platform or one use case. These underlying infrastructure tools like Oracle Blockchain Platform and Oracle Cloud Infrastructure are the framework that makes up this entire network of applications. So when we can start to really confirm these concepts and these ideas, these value proposition, these details, all of it, the more that lines up, the more confirmed the infrastructure integration is. When infrastructure integration is confirmed, by proxy, we can confirm thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of organizations, again, worth $500 million to $10 billion in annual revenue on the norm. Each. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys see it. Yeah. And but, but what, what we need to keep in mind is that Quant, and I, I, I'm broken record on this, but Quant is not about the monetary value. It does not matter if a company moves 50 million or 50 trillion annually. It matters if they, how many transactions they do. If it is one transaction of 50 trillion, I'd rather have 50 million transactions of $1 because that is what generates the revenue for quant. That is what gets us paid. That's what is creating the demand for the token. Yeah, the more transactions a specific entity has, the more attractive it will be for them to run their own gateway. 
to to actually validate their own transactions. Is Hungarian trying to talk, and is it just a, a terrible connection right now? Oh, you know, I Are think there might have been some echo. Okay, perfect, perfect. So <laughs> all these clients, um, everything that they push through the cloud, that is what needs the Q&T, what needs the overledger. So looking at the tokenomics, revenue for, for the customers is obviously interesting. Um, it says something about the, the, the size of the customers and about um, h- how much they, they generate in, in monetary value. And that obviously also translates back into logistics and into um, t- transactions, if you will. Um, but don't be fooled by simply the monetary value. This is not XRP. This is not Bitcoin. Um, it's about the data. It is always about the data when it comes to quant and overledger. That's a really important point. The thing, the, the, the technical variable that will increase the value uh, or sorry, the, the scarcity. So by extension, the value of the QNT token is the amount of usage of the network. Um, we, as a community, we've talked about this idea of QNT quant network being kind of like analogous to TCP IP. And that becomes a point of contention where we can go back and, and we can talk about semantics, but I, I believe no. this is actually a very accurate. No, with my audio cutting. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I thought I, I thought I, you were poking the hornet's nest. No, no, no. I I just think that it's actually a pretty accurate way to look at it because, mm-hmm. like when you when you abstract some semantics, essentially you're talking about the the network having value because of the network expansion. Like the, the value proposition is that one QNT is always going to be one QNT. There are only, and there only will ever be a maximum of 14.6 million QNT tokens. Every single participant on the ecosystem, on the network has to use QNT in various ways. So if you extract this Metcalf's law concept of network growth through nodes, there's a direct programmable translation of scarcity to network growth. Yeah, I finally learned how that works because it got, we explained it in the Dutch episode the other day by looking at the smart contract. And then it dawned on me that because the contract was only able to generate QNT tokens during the token generation event, which was set at a specific date and time, and beyond that date and time, the contract kind of self-destructed the minting function. So it will never, ever be possible technologically even to recover that. And if a new contract was created, it will never, ever become QNT because that is taken. That contract is taken. That position is taken. So even if somebody decides that we need more tokens, it is not possible in the smart contract that is behind the QNT token because it, 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 it self-destructed that feature. That's why the, 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 the burn tokens in the, in the first wallet is a wallet because those tokens were sent to the initial smart contract that created the tokens themselves. But that smart contract can't do anything anymore. It's, it's just there for the QNT tokens that exist right now. So there will absolutely positively never ever be 
more tokens than exist right now. It's technologically impossible to duplicate the current QNT token. I love that so much. And I, I love that I understand it now because a lot of people have been asking that question and oftentimes it was just flabbergasted, couldn't, couldn't explain. But I think now I, I just did. And let me know where I fucked up, please. Because I see Tim's ears bleeding, his eyes bleeding, drooling. Did, did I fuck it up or? I'm loving it. Uh, you, you didn't. I'm just trying to process. Uh, it's uh, been a long day. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm kind of, I'm at this point where I'm processing so much information daily. I'm just having these blackouts, like in the, even the most simple things. I tend to forget them lately. Yeah. So it's better when you, you grow up, me. dude. It'll be okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing on time, guys? I know it's getting late. Yeah, too. we're doing good, man. It's only a quarter to 11 here. Go, go, go. Okay. Well, one last thing on this section right here. So as, as I alluded to earlier in the presentation, one of the concepts that we're going to take away from today is that there are there, there's a, a very wide variety of different products and applications that are built on Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. And there's a very wide variety of use cases and partner products that are built on these applications. So the, the sections on the far right there, these are actually from a completely different section of Oracle's website. This is from the restaurants uh, marketing tooling section. And this has, it's like entirely different products. This is um, like SCM and a few other like product buckets. So What's interesting is that when you start diving through the customer examples and the customer highlights, there's actually a video from this entirely separate product line in which the CTO for Starbucks says, um, again, engaging things about like microservices, event streaming, and even blockchain into many, many of our solutions. So that's important here because Odyssey is just one solution. We know that Starbucks is going through a larger digital transformation. We know that through the value proposition and the technical details of Overledger, there's a tremendous amount of real life use cases that technology companies can bring to life now or that a retail company can bring to life right now. So to see on this entirely different product line from Oracle, the same messaging and another reference to more blockchain usage, when again, when we know the only way they can use blockchain is with OBP, through Oracle and through Overledger, <laughs> it basically allows us to at least speculatively conclude, depending on your perspective on this, Overledger is involved with everything blockchain-based coming out of these products. And blockchain directly ties into their AI tooling. So all of the things that talk about automation, real-time data gathering, aggregation, efficiency, that's, that tooling is powered by blockchain in ITT, which is literally built on OBP. And we're, we're gonna show you guys proof of that here later. I found it in writing. So that's, that's why this makes it so exciting. And it's not the most clear, direct, crazy Twitter announcement of Quant is now powering the digital world. Look at all these partners. And it's never going to be like that because they're not trying to pump the token. They're not some crypto shill. They're a real technology company that is very clearly doing very real things. And even Yet, Oracle will not disclose more than they already did because they are bound by NDA also on uh, performance indicator sharing 
they cannot. I mean, we can, I think, fairly um, look at what was found by Hungarian on the UK Gov website, where it explicitly states that users of Overledger cannot share any usage data or other forms of of metrics. And I think it is fair to uh, to, to 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 extrapolate that to all other customers, meaning that will be pretty difficult to uh, to to look for announcements or confirmations data wise um, from customers. Even from Oracle, if you look at the cloud marketplace for Overledger from Oracle, all of the usage data is available upon request directly from Quant. Really? Yep. So all we have to do is just send them an email. Mm, yeah, if your name is Oracle, sure. Or if your name yeah, is yeah, like, like or something yeah, yeah. like that. Mm. <laughs> or name so, is Confucio. We'll get a press pass, maybe. Hmm. So uh, slide 10. Now, how does this all kind of come together? Why why would Quant, obviously, is an Oracle partner, but why would Quant specifically be the, the potential technology provider or a technology provider here? Well, beyond the OBP integration, which essentially allows us to confirm every iteration of blockchain and AI blockchain integration through Oracle, uh, we also have the actual technology updates for Overledger, uh, the first of which was uh, 2.2.1, Overledger 2.1.1, which um, was the release that added uh, QRC721 functionality for Ethereum, Polygon, and XDC mainnets. Now, that's a really big deal because when these products and updates, sorry, when these updates for Overledger came out, they didn't make a whole lot of sense to us as a community. There wasn't any supporting information. There wasn't any supporting like partnerships or news or reveals, but all throughout the year, there has been a series of like <laughs> crypto announcements and integrations mm -hmm. all throughout Web3 that uncannily align with different quant technology updates. 100% also publications, obviously, and a lot of uh, that were the things we were talking about the last time you were here. Like all the articles just lined, were lined up to get published. And the week after we got releases like this. Exactly. No coincidences. It continues to occur like this. There's mm -hmm. a lot of examples that we could give, but to do due diligence to that, I, I want to pre-prepare. Mm -hmm. So don't believe me, just, just wait. I'll come back later and it's okay. The, the price of QNT is probably going to be higher. In fact, right now, kind of funny, you know, we're talking about this this idea of quant being so secretive and, and all this information being under NDA, which which it is, and the mm -hmm. idea that they're not going to be this hype generation um, retail focused crypto company that's making everything super easy to understand. Um, I think that hundred and five euros at the moment. Oh no, we, exactly. Yeah, we are pooping. Well, it's actually the number one gainer on the, the one hour time frame. Why does Quant keep going up? Why do the number of addresses for QNT going up? Why does the amount of tokens that are put in fresh cold wallets that don't do anything continue to go up? If Quant isn't exciting, if, well, I'm not even going to say token not needed because that's like, it's, it's just a, a stupid thing to say now. Like we, we, it's not even a point to discuss. Uh, but but if, if quant 
isn't this exciting company because no one has the proof they need to believe things and and Gilbert's not giving them the releases they need and and when public RCGs that might not even connect to anything because Web3 is a joke right now. Um, <laughs> like, it, it just, it's some really good perspective. And I, I hope that you guys understand. I Some of this stuff I say facetiously and, and some of this stuff it is also a little bit more serious, but it, it is all the interest and the intention of helping further your educational journey for quant and to help people recognize the, the larger themes in play here. Okay, yeah. rabbit hole loaded. Let's go to, uh, to slide 11. Bubblicious, baby. All right. Oracle Cloud Product Architecture. Now, if you guys want to pause the video or go back in time, you can look at some of the first couple slides where Oracle's information around the scope of their business and the hierarchy is discussed. This is another visual aid to help explain the cloud suite of applications. So like I said, there's three major buckets that all of these applications fall under. ERP, uh, which stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. SCM, which stands for Supply Chain Management. And HCM, which stands for Human Capital Management. And these three buckets comprise an entire suite of SaaS products, the sold as a service cloud products, um, of integrations, of partner extensions, of products, um, everything that you will see like retail facing and everything you will see as like the public stems from the products that come from these three buckets. Now, when we start to look through, and again, this is like the, the research that you guys are seeing today is not conclusive. This is probably 10% of everything there is to dig up. And if, if you enjoy this conversation, if we see people you know, watching all the way through the end and, and really liking it, we can definitely revisit these topics and we can dive way deeper. But essentially, this is the, the hierarchy of, of how the infrastructure works. And again, OBP, Oracle Blockchain Platform and OCI, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, that is infrastructure that is under all of this. This is all built on. So let's dive into what this actually looks like. Oracle offers a suite of products that are sold as a service uh, and cloud-based. And basically what this means is it's something that any business can easily purchase a subscription or a license to. And from like any device connected to the internet, they can access this anywhere. And it's this universal toolkit that gives them easy access to all different types of pre-built applications and services. It is, it is so simple that any company can do it and they can do it very e like quickly and save double digits across the board. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing stuff. Slide, I'm not sure which version you have, but whatever the SCM slide is, 13 or 14. Perfect. Um, so as we just looked at, there's three big buckets that make up the entirety of Oracle's cloud product suite, one of which is SCM, supply chain management. And when you look at supply chain management, it obviously aligns with a lot of the use cases that public, are publicly understood for blockchain. It aligns with a lot of the things that Gilbert has actually talked about with building supply chain applications. But it 
also it you know it it, it has a little bit more than that because I'm, I'm willing to bet that there's probably a good portion of the viewers right now that are listening but are pretty skeptical you're sitting there you're thinking man you're, you're just highlighting interoperability you're just highlighting a couple words that seem like they might match this isn't go fish you know <laughs> so it's even worse it's the quality show the well, most ill-advised yeah. and traffickiest show on the internet. Well, I wouldn't say that just yet because what you guys are about to see in the next few slides is this whole process come full circle. So if you're not following or in agreement, that's okay. Humor me as we go through these next couple of slides, and then I'm going to show you how this all comes together. So SCM, when we look into what SCM is, let's pull up the blockchain section, which brings us to intelligent track and trace. As mentioned before, ITT, Intelligent Track and Trace, is an application built by Oracle that is offered as a service to allow any business to manage their supply chain utilizing blockchain technology. Some really interesting things stand out here. So this is one of those pages where the highlights didn't transfer. Um, but on the top that we can see, and this is all on the, on the product marketing page, the, the, the core value proposition is being able to apply blockchain technology in pre-built SAS applications. So pre-built, something they can just subscribe to, and then they can have the ability to start using this right away. Now, the like next section store. below it, Oracle Track and Trace is a supply chain application that leverages blockchain technology. The application helps to address the challenges of managing complexities in a global network of trading partners. You don't need to be a developer to use the intelligent Track and Trace application because it's a pre-built application that is ready to deploy. With built-in blockchain technology, the application helps to gain efficiencies for supply chain management by enabling multi-tier uh, multi visibility across the supply chain. Now, if that just feels like a bunch of buzzwords, that's okay because it's all about to make sense. The last thing we're gonna see on this space uh, is on the right. And again, another reference to the integration of ledger, a distributed ledger technology, and by extension, the benefits that, that unlocks. Cool, sounds great, but why do we think quant is involved? Or how can we say that quant is definitively involved? This just seems like wild speculation. Let's go to the next slide. Ladies and gentlemen, from Oracle, what you are seeing right now is the first discovered written documentation that Oracle blockchain platform is integrated into other core product offerings from Oracle. We have in writing, connectivity is made easy. If you're an Oracle customer, we have seven built-in integrations with Oracle supply chain offerings. It's also easy to connect third-party and on-premises applications using Oracle Cloud integration or Oracle Integration Cloud or REST APIs. Since Intelligent Track and Trace is built using Oracle's enterprise-grade blockchain platform, it inherits all the advantages of best-in-class performance, scalability, and security. Best-in-class performance, security, and scalability. Has hmm. a nice ring to it. So if, if you're questioning what this means, in writing, on Oracle's website, available to the entire public, you have intelligent track and trace being built on Oracle blockchain platform. Overledger 
is the solution, not a, not a way, but the solution for interoperability between Oracle blockchain platform and other distributed ledgers, other networks, and other APIs. This again, just objective, factual information all from Oracle. So what this means, Ooh. intelligent track and trace. We go back up, go back to the previous slide real quick. It looks a lot more interesting now, doesn't it? You start to look at them winning awards for being a leader. This is as of September 1st, by the way, down at the bottom. When you start to look at all the different partners and use cases and the applications that utilize ITT, it's bananas. Slide 17. You guys saw this last time. <laughs> <time. laughs> last time I was on the Quampy show, one of the things we talked about was some speculation with Oracle Red Bull Racing, in particular, the racing F1, the F1 racing simulations on OCI, and then the crowd twist loyalty program integrations. Today, what we're going to do is dive deeper into how this was made possible by Oracle and what the underlying tech is. So what we can actually see is directly from the product page for Oracle Intelligent Track and Trace, the blockchain-enabled um, AI solution, one of the touted benefits is simulation capability and scenario testing, being able to utilize multiple environments to aggregate data and simulate things in real time and process for efficiencies. I mean, this Red Bull Racing, like that's obviously the, the, the use case there. But when you talk about a system that's able to, in real time, monitor massive amounts of data and give you actionable insight on that, I mean, that's, that's something that's so powerful. We, we probably don't have the, a way to even like understand what that really means yet. On the bottom, from another article that highlighted this, um, this tech revelation for Oracle, they talked about the products that they used to run these simulations. And it's interesting that Again, from Oracle, they don't say that they used ITT. They don't say that they used these different products and services. But also from Oracle, they say ITT is used for simulation capability. Like, what this means is that as you start to dive deeper and you understand the hierarchy of these products, um, you, you realize that there are like there's so much crossover. You can have one product that is tied into all the other products. And then you can have that product that ties into other ones. And you end up with this kind of mesh of cloud native applications. They're all talking to each other in the same language and they're sharing information. They're working together. How many ways can we talk about Overledger without saying Overledger? Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, my head is uh, spinning literally. I, I actually try to read up but this entire how you see all those connections um i understand the words but i have trouble seeing the the infrastructure as you just explained um it's it's a lot I, i've probably put 40 plus hours in, into this just this week alone mm. so it, it it is a lot yeah but we are almost done for today there's only a few more points i want to make and mm -hmm. then we'll, we'll give our viewers back the, the rest of the time for their day you see products used 
At the bottom of that, it mentions high-performance computing, one of the products oh, yes. they use to run these simulations, HPC. And this word is also known, Kubernetes. Mm. Infinitely, infinitely scalable. Um, Google uses this to scale their uh, their search engine and stuff. It's uh, quite a limitless thing that Gilbert also used for Overledger, if I remember correctly. The way that I understand it, there are three instances or, or ways that a customer or client can interact with Overledger. You have first the tooling that's and products that are available directly from Oracle. Yeah. You have the um, SaaS product directly from Quant. And then you have private uh, Kubernetes environments that Quant can orchestrate for you. Ooh. These are all ways to interact with Overledger based off of the client's individual needs and use cases. But something that kind of caught my eye here is, well, I wanted to know if we're not going to, if they're not going to mention intelligent track and trace, even though it's very clearly being used, well, then I want to know what makes up these products that were used. And there's actually, there's, there's sauce on all this stuff. Like you just keep going. But the example that we're going to look at is um, HPC, high-performance computing. So on the next slide, It's there. High performance computing. All right. Can you hear me right now? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, when we when we look at HPC, we see a couple of things that are really interesting. We see again references, uh, client facing or, or client spotlight references to Oracle Red Bull facing simulations. So again, we know this is involved in these simulations, but we also know that. To do these simulations, you also have to use ITT. So I share this because it helps give, I guess, credence to the idea that there are underlying integrations and cross integrations of some of these products in Oracle that aren't always explicitly mentioned yet do utilize each other's products and services. And you can find them if you dig far enough, but it's not as simple as just A plus B plus C kind of stuff. The next thing I see um, that I thought was really interesting is just the, the ecosystem that they mention uh, of people that are using these applications on the right-hand side. I also notice NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might have to dive in that rabbit hole next time, see what we can find. That's a fucking almost pre-OG lead, isn't it, and partnership? Wow. I mean, this stuff all goes so deep as being someone who's been researching quant full time for like two years now. I feel like I see the quant logo when I close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but the again, the, the goal is to share this in a way to where it doesn't feel like this. I don't want you guys to think that are, that are just watching, especially if you're newer to quant or you're newer to the community. I don't want you to think that this is some type of like unfounded echo chamber. We just see interoperability and we just grunt and point at it. It's it's not like that at all. This is something is not. that is a passion project for us. Yeah. Yes. We honestly we recognize the price of Q and T in the future is going to go up, whether or not we talk about this, whether or not Gilbert mentions Oracle's new partnership, whether or not you decide to buy any right now or not. That doesn't matter. Because the entire thesis 
is based off of the network appreciating in scarcity as the network grows. And this is straight network growth right here. I and mean, this, this is an attempt to illustrate the magnitude of the network growth that's going behind the scenes. The network growth behind the scenes that caused the public delays in RCGs. But what does that mean and what does that mean for the future? Couple of things I wanna finish up with you guys. Um, I think that we're gonna go ahead and skip over the ERP stuff for today just to save time. And we're gonna go directly to Oracle Cloud World. On my version, that's slide 21. Right, this is, uh, these are some links to CrowdTwist. We actually went over this to a degree in last week's episode with Hungarian. Was that the week before? Was that, what's well, the week before already. So yeah. What's the week before? Man, time flies. Time flies. It's the start of life for us. Anyway, um, yeah, this is the ERP stuff. Links are all in the PowerPoint. You can find the PowerPoint in the description of the video. Yes, unfortunately, I get a chance to finish this all for you guys, but I think we've got you have, stuff. You have already invested so much time. Do not worry. Do not before, worry. Before we go, your ERP, what, what does it stand for? In my mind, it, it represents some kind of bomb or weapon, but that's probably not the case. Uh, that's uh, an that EMP, would be an EMP. EMP. Yeah. That's ERP. So, ERP is enterprise resource planning. And essentially ah. it's a really fancy way to look at efficiency of an organization, efficiency of workflows, efficiency of documentation, efficiency of, I mean, every bit of business operation internally and externally. So okay. um, yeah. that's, yeah, it's, it's one of the broader themes of this. Like with DLT, you have the ability to have greater accuracy and security and precision and the ability to aggregate and act on larger amounts of data. So as we have like this ever expanding world of, of data with new devices and new verticals coming online every day, we are increasingly losing the ability to process and interact with this data. So with these cloud-based um, solutions that, that Oracle is creating, these are, are, are basically very clear and actionable ways for any business to jump into the modern world with very easy integration. They can take any system they're using, any infrastructure, any product, any business model, and they can immediately start using cloud-based AI, AI technologies, cloud-based um, data aggregation, and all different types of unique value propositions that are offered through the integration of Oracle uh, and Overledger. Okay, so it's, it's not an electromagnetic pulse driven by the over Pritchard, that's sad. Cool. No, thanks Maybe. for the clarification. I mean, Maybe it, it is. It could be. If you Maybe want to get like is... really metaphorical. <laughs> thanks. It's it's a big rabbit hole. I think that um, we, we actually, we only covered SCM today, so supply chain management. So maybe we come back and we, we talk about some other verticals if people find this interesting. But this is something everybody's going to like. And if you've stayed until this point, here's your reward, because you're about to see something that, uh, once again, has not been discussed, has not been shared, and represents something potentially extremely exciting. Next Las month. Las Vegas. Oh, sorry. Las Vegas. Yes, sir. Next month is Oracle Cloud World. Oracle Cloud World is an event hosted by Oracle, 
showcasing leading cloud technology solutions and providers and applications and use cases from all around the world. And in this event that spans, I think it's the 17th to the 20th. So what is that, four days? So over this four-day window. Um, so in October? Yep, next month. But that's, okay, so that's three days after Cybos. Yeah. Okay. Um, in this event, there are a series of interesting partners there. And there's a series of events that are very interesting. So we'll start off with the events because I'm just too excited. I can't wait. Um, there's about 400 seminars that are being taught through over the over the course of this event, and three of which really get exciting. The first thing we have, walled cloud gardens and adding gates to connect them. <laughs> okay, if that is not Gilbertism on steroids with a little bit of trickle of LSD. Then I don't know. It's. I'm just going to read this entire ones because these are all so good. I think it deserves it. Oracle designed its cloud platform to allow customers to seamlessly use Oracle services with other cloud service providers. Hear about Oracle cloud infrastructure's strategic vision for multi-cloud, as well as how we work to enable this vision by adding physical and virtual capabilities, such as low latency, high throughput, dedicated and direct network links, unified identity and access, single sign-on integration, interoperability between services, and much more. Get an inside perspective of the key technical improvements we've made in our platform to create these gates between the walled gardens. Yes, Gilbert. Next, we see. Yeah, I mean, that's something. I'm literally <laughs> shaking reading this. I mean, if, if you, <laughs> I, I hate to be like it, but if, if you know, you know at this yeah, point. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one, what do we have? What's new in Oracle blockchain platform? So uh, something specifically on OBP. In a Web3 world, the blockchain landscape is evolving rapidly. An Oracle blockchain platform is advancing with it. Oracle's innovations are spurring greater adoption of Web3 blockchain features across industries, from financial services blockchain infrastructure to NFT solutions for tracking mining outputs and COT offset credits from solar decentralized from sorry from solar generation. Take a deep look at fungible tokens and NFT support at OBP QRC721. Anybody, mm -hmm. uh, as well as directions for decentralized identity, decentralized autonomous governance, cross ledger interoperability. All Web3 or all key Web3 capabilities making their way into enterprise blockchains. We use customer examples to illustrate how enterprise blockchain and the Web3 world intersect to advance the art of what's possible. So essentially, you have multiple events here that are going to be occurring in which Oracle is going to specifically explain both the technical and the practical benefits on an infrastructure and use case example, which consists of customer. So that means like confirmation, that means stories potentially, uh, which consists of technical details. That's, I mean, there, there's so many ways that this could potentially play out. This to me reads like, <laughs> like we might have another repeat of last year. If, if you recall the, the Hyperledger announcement and event that we had from Oracle.
So if, again, if you stayed until this point, there's your Easter egg. Congratulations, you're now aware of what might be uh, the biggest catalyst Quant has had all year. Maybe, maybe not. It's just speculation, but it sure is interesting, huh? Yeah, this bit is also interesting. Can you give the, the juice on this as well? The Oracle Database Service for Microsoft Azure Best Practices, because you put this in and you highlighted this bit. Yeah, so uh, again, when we talk about the themes and the benefits, I find it absolutely fascinating that a recurring theme throughout all of these new digital product innovations from Oracle, a recurring theme throughout all of these client success stories and the technical integrations for Overledger are the same. I mean, when you start to see five, six, seven, 10, 15, 20 degrees of confirmation for the same type of value proposition across services and across infrastructure, you, you see a pattern that is very difficult to deny. So again, we have in the same vein, um, a multi-cloud strategy events that highlights the technology um, unique value proposition. So this one in particular is, is about the Oracle and Microsoft um, partnership that happened recently in which uh, Microsoft integrated their cloud service infrastructure into Oracle's cloud service infrastructure. So this event is going to explore uh, the Oracle and Microsoft relationship provides integrated interoperability for deploying databases in Oracle cloud infrastructure while running applications in Azure. Learn best practices using the Oracle database service for Azure and manage <laughs> to manage microservices on Microsoft Azure Kubernetes. Now, this is really interesting because there's a couple ways this could work out. This could literally be an entire like environment that Quant has built, like a Kubernetes-based environment that Quant has built for Microsoft. It could be um, application-based interoperability through one of these cloud services that we just talked about, or maybe they just have their own thing that we don't even know about they've built on the, on the OVN. There are literally three different ways and three different use cases that all end in the same place. So very exciting to see just such another big step of potential confirmation and, and something that would just represent growth and adoption beyond something that probably 90% of the community is aware of. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did you share? Yeah. Did you share this somewhere before you share it here or do we have uh, roles first? Um, a couple of these pieces I, I shared in council, a couple of them I shared in, in different discussions. Yeah, in council as well. You, yeah. you definitely are, this is, you guys are the first people to have the entire thing put together. And there's a lot of stuff in this presentation that is only here um, as far as like quant discussion. <clears throat> nice. So if you appreciate this, please like, uh, subscribe, follow us. And, uh, and press the notification bell. Don't forget. Thanks. No, no, no. Go back, Marian. We're not. We're not done yet. I'm just putting that in randomly. We're not done yet. I'm sorry. I got one last little piece. Uh, <clears throat> one last piece of juice for you guys. So, Oracle Cloud World is an event that spans a variety of Oracle partners. The two most notable ones are Java and um, Accenture. So Accenture has, a, they're, they're the elite sponsor for Oracle Cloud World. 
and I actually posted this in council, there is a product um, through the partnership of Oracle um, and Accenture with, with Deloitte. It's not in the presentation, but it is in the, it, I posted in council, let's see. Um, yeah, it's called Deloitte Super Ledger. <laughs> and it is an aggregation tool for using multiple ERPs uh, onto a single ledger. And they call it a super ledger and it's built on OCI. So uh, they're going to be there. They're they really probably designed that in-house, dude. They just hired a bunch of blockchain techs to get that sorted, right? Well, it's built on Oracle's infrastructure, which is built on Quant's infrastructure. So if we accept the conclusions... Yeah, uh, you just say that. OCI is integrated, then <laughs> what we're seeing here is they're building on something that Quant has already integrated into. So it's not a question of, are they using Quant? It's, are they using a tool that's using Overledger? That's what makes, I mean, those type of dynamics is part of what makes this so exciting. I think it was um, Lord Farquant wrote an article called like the hydraulic marketing effects or something like that. Yeah, And it was along these same concepts, really cool stuff. If you guys want to learn more about it, um, just search up quant hydraulic marketing. You'll find it. There's anything like that. But it's it's this oh, concept yeah. that the the business growth uh, of the network is secured by these larger scale integrations because as they trickle down through different products and partners, you have large companies that are going to use this stuff without even realizing they're using it just because it's just how you do it. Um, part of why this Oracle partnership is really just so much bigger than most people realize. But uh, to, to wrap up also at Oracle Cloud World, we have Java. And there's some really interesting things if you, you look at onto their website and you look at Oracle's website, how they talk about Java and some of their products. So something I thought interesting, again, the same theme about through VDC research, they concluded that Java is the number one choice for developers for modern infrastructure. Uh, with trends around security, data management, cloud analytics, blockchain, and microservices. Well, we already know that Oracle microservice and blockchain and analytic infrastructure is all flowing through Overledger. That's what we've just covered these last two hours. So if we know those products already flow through Overledger, then by extension, we can deduct there's a good, good chance that these Java products are also using the same tooling. It all goes to the same thing. Also on that, we see, like, look at the benefits. Um, we see one of the, the benefits they tout is seamless interoperability for polygot um, applications, which I had to look it up. It just means an application that uses multiple types of programming languages. So like part of the problem, or I guess part of the unique benefit with Overledger is it's this universal translator. And in every mm. different type of programming language, there's gonna be all these different types of nuances in how to format the code and how to integrate it. And it basically ensures that using different types of languages together creates immense complications. Um, it's, it's one of the things that makes like backend integration so difficult. So instead of trying to create some type of like way of, of of doing that manually, like the way it's done now or, or systems that do it. Basically what quant is like, um, is like this universal syntax. It's like this universal translator that 
takes anything you put into it and it makes it so other languages can understand what it's saying and then they can communicate back and forth. So languages, right? Or is that the programming languages and is that different than the universal translator part? Well, I know that and there was a, an update a while back that had, it was like, it was like what, 12 or something, the, the biggest programming languages. Yeah. I'm sure if they haven't already, they're going to continue to add more support. But mm. um, it is very interesting that they specifically refer to that because that's not, um, the way that I understand it, that's not a super common thing, mm. having support, div such diverse support for these different types of applications and still being able to access uh, modern tech and, and ledgers. When you dive through that, you see something that even gets crazier. We know that Overledger can be utilized on more than just um, a, a digital network. We know that Overledger can be integrated into hardware. And what we see right here is Java's hardware. They call it the Java card. <laughs> and it is a it, it is a device, and maybe I'm misunderstanding this, but I'm reading it like hardware. Um, it, it's something to enable smart cards and other tamper-resistant security chips, which to me sounds like quantum-proof chips, um, to host applications on Java's technology. And the features and benefits, the very first thing, not even like explained or with context, literally just interoperable. That's the feature. It's interoperable. Seamlessly. Uh, it's seamless it interoperability of polyglot applications. Secure and updatable. Yeah, mad. Fucking mad. So what, what I'm hinting at here is is if you have been following up at this point and you agree with some of the speculative conclusions that we've reached, then temper-resistant security. Temper-resistant temper security chips are the things you find in your ledger, if I'm not, not dreaming. These are the things that when you open your ledger up, you will fuck something up internally. And, and it can't be used anymore. I, I think they they mean that with, with, with uh, shit, with temper resistant. I'm definitely very far outside of my expertise here. Yeah, I just yeah, thought yeah, it was same. really interesting to look at just who else is going to be there and what are they doing? And I think it's kind of funny that we see, again, the same themes, the same languages, the same value propositions. Mm -hmm. um, and again, if, if we kind of think openly, we've just kind of loosely concluded that these products and services that utilize these various blockchain, AI, data aggregation tools have to run through Overledger, the way we've just established. So if these products, like these are all companies that are using Oracle's products. So if they've built this on Oracle's products and they say these are the benefits, it's not a stretch to figure that's Overledger. No, this is uh, Occam's razor at its finest. Yeah. It's, it um, is. You you have to add additional complexity or, or or difficulties to come to a different conclusion than Overledger in this case. So at least that's how it feels to me, and I'm not biased at all. This is not the Quanfi show. <laughs> it's but turning now, into the Galileo show. Uh, hey, oh, no, no. no shilling Spoken of shit you. coins. Spoken you. Spoken the... Look. Um, yeah, well... Don't be like that, is, dude. I think the thing is here, it, it's kind of the, 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 the danger that is looming on, on the one hand of us, just seeing overledger and everything, just like Hungarian just said, like 
when he's dreaming, he can visualize the, the quant logo. And on the other end, um, he is streaming the overdridger. Well, um, and well, on the other hand, us being so scared of that that we kind of over, tend to overlook the logical explanation of Occam's Racer. That indeed, because well, uh, quant is the main interoperability. Uh, partner for Oracle that we just simply overlook it. Like We're like, nah, that, that can't be right. We, we can't see this. This is too obvious. And what well, also happens, people can also oftentimes not accept their good fortune. And that this is a little bit more on the um, investment side of things. But if you own a certain amount of tokens and you can see all these things coming up and you start doing the math, like I said, 34 QNT only available for every customer of, of Oracle. And then there are people thinking, dude, I already have 100 or I have 200 already. And that, then, then the only thing you can, can do is just giggle uncontrollably because you realize how crazy everything gets. And then there are people saying six-digit quant, seven-digit quant. Yes, some people said it. And then you're like, no way. This is impossible because that good fortune will never, ever happen to me. And I'm just over-exaggerating a bit to make the point. But I think that's the same with the adoption of technology in this case. Now, Oracle so big. I am so early. I am never early. This is impossible. So because I am early, Oracle cannot have integrated Overledger into everything because Oracle is just so big that that's just the human psychology. What do you think, Hungarian? Well, <laughs> see, I'll say it for posterity. I'll be the first to say it. I believe with conviction the QNT token is a six-figure token this decade. And I don't think it's going to happen next week. I don't think it's going to happen next month or probably not even next year. I think that we're going to continue to have consistent growth. We're going to reach a point of critical mass and inertia uh, in which the, the value proposition, the amount of developmental energy and the amount of opportunity that exists in Overledger and Overledger Network begins to be recognized. And in doing so, I expect a speculative increase in which we deviate from that mean utility value that we talked about last time upwards. And, and that's going to be really exciting because we don't know when that's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be next month or, or if it's going to be next year. But it doesn't yeah. really matter because as we've seen, I mean, Quant, like you said, Yarno, Quant hasn't really had a whole lot of announcements. They've had tech updates. They've had backend stuff. They've had opinion pieces. But they haven't had anything conclusive unless you're willing to do these types of things deep dives so <laughs> the, the idea like quant has gone up so much this year relative to other tokens it's one of the single best performing altcoins if not potentially even the best performing altcoin uh, at least relative to the market cap since the, the the local bottom over the summer so if we know that we're just we're seeing all these growth metrics we're seeing 
more and more wallets, we're seeing the, the price just continue to, to log trend up and, and respect these like macro trends. And then we know that fundamentally, the token will increase in scarcity as the network grows. That's literally how it works. Um, we, we can look at something like, um, not actually Metcalf's law, but it's, it's Reed's law. I think we might've talked about this before, but Reed's law is basically Metcalf's law on steroids. It, it is the same foundation in which a network value increases proportional to the amount of nodes on the network, except for there may and will be pockets of innovation that allow for rapid value appreciation. And what that would be, what would that look like is you have the growth of Web3. You know that Web3 as a whole is going to continue to grow in value and in scope and in integration for any variety of value propositions and reasons. Take your pick on the inevitability flavor of Web3 that you like. When we look at something like Reed's Law, what it says is that in this growth environment, when you have this concept of, like, let's say, Web3 that's growing and growing and growing, you're going to have individuals and organizations that produce innovation. And at times, this innovation will create opportunity that is so powerful that it creates these almost vertical spikes of value appreciation through this kind of like black hole of opportunity. It's really exciting stuff. And it's, it's a great way to look at quant because it's, it's, it's so translatable. You have the growth of Web3. And then here you have quant quietly building this behemoth building the real Web3, that the 99% of value and developers and organizations not in Web3 right now are still in, and, and building the tooling and infrastructure to bring so much of that into this new digital world. The way that that translates into value for the token is pretty clear because scarcity has a very direct relationship to value. So that's a conversation for another day, I think, but. I will leave it on that for you guys if you want to dive deeper into like some of the speculative ideas around like these different vehicles for value appreciation. Because the quant token isn't supposed to be an economic tool. It's not supposed to be a speculative tool. In fact, Gilbert actually has a really cool quote about this. It is nothing more than the utility token that powers the network. But that means the, the 14.6 million tokens that exist will increase in scarcity. So if this network gets to a point where you have Oracle's entire infrastructure and thousands and thousands of companies processing billions, if not trillions of transactions, or you have things like Mobi with real-time device communication for billions of devices across the world. I mean, if, if you accept that kind of stuff, then what you're essentially saying is that within a very short relative time frame of just a few short years, the QNC token will be impacted by the scarcity that this type of network growth can create. I can even one up this and I did this at the beginning of the series and it goes like this. So Gilbert in the beginning wanted to create 45 million tokens because he had made a plan and we know how visionary he is. And he figured he'd needed 45 million tokens to execute his plan, 44 million somewhat. But in the end, we ended up with 14.6 million. Then last year, Gilbert came with an update and he actually stated something like, um, it's become even bigger than even I anticipated. And it's 
becoming a, a, a monster and there are so much so many new things uh, joining the network etc so if you add those two things up so we're at one third of the, the tokens that were initially anticipated to be needed for the network also with 18 decimals of course and now the the project itself has grown exponentially beyond gilbert's initial plans so what does that say we have lower token amount and a higher or bigger business than he anticipated. So the gap only gets bigger. What do you guys think will happen with the scarcity of the coin? It, it, it's not three times as scarce. It's, it, it, it's quadratic both ends, both ways. So, and then Gilbert saying, it feels like the 18 decimals will be enough for the short to medium term. I always thought he was actually joking, but the more I see this, Oracle stuff going on, the more I see and realize how few tokens there actually are, how little tokens there are, how, well, whatever. It's, and I don't um, think when he says 18 decimals, I don't think he means price. He's literally meaning from a scarcity standpoint, yeah. being divisible by this many tokens, which is even more insane than the price. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Craziness. Craziness, craziness, craziness. Are we going to wrap up, gentlemen? Because I, I, I have had my, my, my shot of quamph. And um I hope you guys have too. Hungarian, thank you so so much for the resources you provided, the work you have been doing, the work you did, um, for being here on the show actually asked yesterday and you're here right now we are so so super grateful and um yeah again man all the work you do for the community and 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 how you bring it the patience with which um you, you handle the feedback you get or well let's call it feedback because you also catch some shit from people from time to time um i, I admire the work you do and the way you do it um, yeah, really grateful once again for you being here. Well, uh, I'll take my tongue out of your ass now, Tim. Do you have something uh, to add? <laughs> no, not much. Um, I, I did try. I did attempt the Q and A on Instagram. Uh, we got one response, and it was "Let's go." So that's exactly what we did tonight. And uh, you've actually blown me away once again because I tend. Who think that I know a lot, but then um, people who actually go into the matter, uh, like you, to do the digging, they, they keep surprising me. And um, looking at the entire framework that you just set out tonight, it starts making more and more and more sense. And once everyone understands it, it's too late. There yeah. are people that, yeah, because exactly. everyone. We'll get Q and T at the price they deserve, and that's my final uh, conclusion for tonight. So thank you again, and always happy to have you on the show. It was my pleasure. Thank you guys. You're too kind. I love having a platform to be able to talk about quant to share some of these ideas, and I can't wait to see what the community says about this. This is, I think it's it's pretty different from some of the stuff that we've shared previously. Like be a different format, different way of looking at this stuff. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what you guys think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? If you disagree, please let me know. 
but I just ask that you have context. Like, let's have a discussion. In fact, I would almost rather have a conversation if you disagree with me and we can work through it critically just because I appreciate different perspectives. So um, I hope you guys have found this insightful. If you want to continue the discussion, please don't hesitate to you know, reach out in any manner of socials and we can go from there and let's continue learning about quant together. All right. Thank you so much, people. Links for everything are in the description. Uh, you can always find us all in the Quamfi Lounge in the main group called Overledger Community. Send me a DM, send other people a DM. You can find me everywhere. And um, thank you so much for watching, listening, interacting with all our stuff. Sharing is caring. And um, stay comfy. We'd love to see you on the next one. Cheers. Cheers.